listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Welcome to episode 84 of Cinemental. How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? I don't know. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. Then why don't you kiss me like everybody else does? How about new? The thing is, Bob, it's not that I'm lazy. It's that I just don't care. I came here like this so you'll know my word of death is true. And that my word of life is then true. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the movie podcast that we can only hope you enjoy listening to as much as we enjoy making. My name is Stephen Hovicki, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Hassan Godwin and Latham Conger III. Our guest tonight, another friend originally from the Chicago area, now residing in the great state of Michigan, a cinephile like ourselves with a focus in the world of 007, where he hosts a, co-hosts a podcast uh, based on James Bond films called Podcasting Them Softly. Tom Zielinski, welcome to Cinemental. Well, thank you, Steve. It's a real pleasure to be here and to have been invited. Really looking forward to talking with you and Hassan and Leigh about uh, cinema and cinemental. So I'm I'm honored to be here. What is it? The 82nd? Uh, 84th. 84th episode. Good yeah. for you. Yeah, so don't thank remind you. me, Tom. <laughs> it's a long haul for us. It, it uh, feels like the 584th. Okay. Uh, I'm just kidding. You know, it, I love everyone here. I love everything. I'm a you know, you know what's funny is before we started doing this, uh, this show, Tom, and like I said, I like I mentioned to you before the show, I've known Latham for close to 30 years. Um, I'm sorry. I've bef- yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no I, I heard you. I'm just sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, right. <laughs> 33 years. 33 oh, years. I'm even sorrier. <laughs> Three years sorrier. You know, off and on over the years, uh, you know, obviously Latham and I have kept in touch, but uh, nothing to the extent that uh this show has provided where it's which is a weekly you know a thing where we can get on and, and just talk about movies and i mean me and him have seen a lot of movies together and uh you know so this is this this show has been been really great um for not only for our friendship but just as a thing to be able to look forward to each week during the last year or so uh just because you know for obvious reasons it's been nice to have one other if not in person, at least a social outlet where we all can kind of connect up and, uh, uh, you know, just talk about something we love. So that's great. Um, so, uh, since we didn't get to do it last week, we've got two weeks of suffering to catch up on. So, uh, we better get started. Latham, would you like to start or should Hassan start? I'll start. Cause I have next to nothing. What do I have? I have, we, uh, we watched, uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Excellent. Uh, What'd you think? Very disappointing. Uh, okay. The movie is special effects pieces and no plot. And I'm sure the actors took two days to film their scenes and everything else is special effects. It just didn't, it, it's the worst of all of them. It's, it's the, the, the other three of the newer ones. I haven't seen the old Godzilla movies, but the, the three of the newer ones, the first one's great. Uh, the Kong Skull Islands, all right. The other Godzilla ones, all right. This one was just, there's just nothing. There's just nothing. It's just two, two guys beating the shit out of each other. And they happen to be however tall they are. That's it. <laughs> um, 
All right. Uh, I didn't, I didn't like it. Um, <laughs> and other than that, not, no other movies. Uh, I have one I just received. That I wanted to see for a while uh, called naked in New York. Have you ever heard of that movie? Yeah. I have not. I have not. Yeah. Hassan has. Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, um, um, adult film. Yeah. never mind. Um, <laughs> um, I forgot to, what is Jennifer? No. What's her name? Graham, Heather Graham, right? Oh, she's in it. Yeah. I didn't even know. I don't know who, what cast is in it, but it's from like 1990. It's one of those. It might not be the same film. Relationship film set in a big city, kind of like about last night or, but more independent. This one's more independent, uh, but I've, I've heard good things about it. I've always wanted to see it and it's only available. I think on Netflix DVD is, only, I mean, I'm sure you can find it somewhere else, but Eric that's Stoltz, one of my, Mary articles. Louise Parker. That's right. Ralph Maggio, Jill Clayburgh. It's got a really yeah. cool, cool cast. Okay, yeah. No, I've no, seen no, that one. Graham, That's it. Yeah, Eric Stoltz, right? Eric Stoltz? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's I've right. Eric that. Stoltz stars in. That's right. So I have that waiting to watch. And that's really all I've seen. I haven't, uh, I just uh, did, just had other things going on. So didn't, uh, been, I've been reading a lot, but nothing, uh, no, not watching a lot. So did you finish any books? This one book I didn't finish. I threw it away. I don't want to even name the title of it. Um, I don't think that's fair to the author. Oh my God. Wow. But I'll talk, I'll talk to him about it after the show. I mean, uh, I will. Um, oh, I thought you meant Raymond. Oh, no. This guy. I don't. Stephen King. Who the fuck oh. is this guy? I don't fucking know. This This guy sucks. Yeah, this is the outsider. He's a yeah, this is the outsider. Did he finish uh, it? The, I'm halfway through. The thing about The Outsider now is I really, really want to watch the HBO series at the same time as reading it. And I know it's a mistake. I got to finish the book first. But the book, the book's fantastic. It's great. At least to the point we're at right now. I've enjoyed Very slow burn. Very slow burn. I enjoyed Stephen King in the 80s. I stopped reading him. He's so prolific. He was like he had a new novel out every couple months. I understand they're making a, a remake of the film, The Stand, a feature-length film. It's, it's on TBS, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, so I got to yeah, see that one. Uh, Paramount Plus now. Okay, I like the old it. one. The old one wasn't bad. I mean, I, obviously, this one's going to be better. but probably. If you haven't heard it, there's a really amazing uh, podcast. Uh, the two, two old-school film guys, film uh, uh, online film writers have put together in the last year they started almost the same time we did uh it's called king cast yes uh and it it is an absolute they get an, an amazing array of like film they do it, it, it not same as us but they do it in a similar model where they have you know like their their very first episode they ever did uh you know kumail nanjani was their guest uh you know and then the, the guest picks the stephen king property uh, for whatever reason, you know, it, it, he picks the the movie or you know the the book or the movie. They you know, they hope that they're obviously it's a movie because then they can talk about the book first and then the movie adaptation. Um, but they've had shows where it's just about product, you know, about uh, stories, and they've gone deeper into you know different stuff, uh, all different directions, all Stephen King. It's all really really good. Um, even to take you, a listen, sure. Yeah, it's absolutely worth your time. Thank you. I, I mean, how did they get like, like, obviously they knew they have connections, get high profile guests like that. Right. On, right off well, the these bat. are like guys who have been writing about film online uh, since like the early days of like, ain't it cool news. Okay. 
so they're like old school they're old school film writers but they were like the new generation of film writers who who went about making building relationships with filmmakers and actors and producers and you know for and then writing for like genre magazines and online sites and all that kind of stuff okay but they've done they've done an amazing job building it into a into a brand in just a a really short period of time what's it called king king cast king cast got it thanks Hassan, did you see the uh, preview for Picard season two today? I did not. I saw it. Oh, it's I, got I, a great, great reveal at the end. Great reveal. Great. Oh, no, no. Great. I think I did. It's not really. It's just kind of a teaser. It's just a voiceover. The teaser, but it tells you who's going to be in yeah. season two. Yeah. And it, come on, that's great. We'll see that's how they great. do that. We'll see how they pull it off. I'm telling the audience who it is. And, uh, you're going to have to find out on your own. How do you feel about that, audience? I, I was just going to say, who is it? But I guess I'll be looking that up on my own. <laughs> I guess we can say it. It's uh, it's Q. It's, oh, it's, very nice. So that they're bringing back. The only problem with Q as a character overall is like it's it's the old it's the old conundrum of, of a character that who is who's all powerful and is impossible to really do anything against their will. It's like, you know, it's it's how do you, you know, it's like for years people have fought to write Superman the right way, because how do you write a God? You know, I mean, it's essentially a godlike character. I mean, his, his weaknesses are so few and far between that. And, and Q, Q is a tough one. I'll, I'll be really interested to see how they, how they make him fresh for like, you know, the new writing sensibilities that we have these days. That's kind of why the they're old. overdoing the, the, the trope of the, of the dubious Superman. You know, like when you, you watch Invincible and they have, you know, they have Omni-Man and you watch mm. uh, or you watch the boys and they have um, uh, Homelander and it's right. just a kind of dark Superman thing and how terrifying they are. And, you know, then they, they, they their whims have to be obeyed because at any moment they could snap and like laser you into, you know, in, in, in <laughs> two or three pieces. Yeah. And it's 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 interesting. Um like uh, the the trailer I ju- we just watched uh, this morning for a Legacy's uh, excuse me uh, the Jupiter's Legacy, yeah, which is really beautiful, but it's another you know allegory for the Justice League, you know, yeah. and just just like the boys and just like you know Invincible, you know, and it's it's starting to it's starting to become a and a trope within a trope, you know, at this point, right, right. So, I mean, it's, I look forward to it, you know, um, it's content. So, and right. it's, it's really and close. It comes from, it, and it comes from a really good writer. Right. It's just, Mark it's Noir. like another, it's a, it's another really good writer who's been given a platform to world build. Yeah. What's his name from, uh, who did, did the boys, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, uh, Garth Ennis. Yeah. I, I'm not a fan of his writing. So oh, I'm I looking forward. Him. I love his stuff. Yeah, I, mean, I know it's it's a it's like a Joss Whedon thing. Like you know, the you you, <laughs> you mention that, and then people just you know the knives come out. But um, well, Garth Ennis like just it. have this Garth Ennis. There's two things about him that 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 kind of get me the wrong way. A he he hates comic books. He hates he hates comic. He hates superhero characters because every every piece that he does is like it's like a severe deconstruction of the superhero trope, the the, the character, or whatever. Fine, no, he's allowed, but you know, I'm doesn't do anything for me. And okay. um, B, all of his characters always sound the same. 
You know, every one of his characters has the exact same voice, the exact same language, the exact same cadence, the exact same level of bastard, you know, kind of, kind of everybody's. Right. Like Kurt a, Russell? <laughs> yeah. They all sound like. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> uh, Lay, that was cheap. Yeah. That was cheap, man. Okay. All right, Hassan. What do you What do you got? I, I don't. Time? I don't want to. I don't want to play this game anymore. <laughs> nope. No, no. You're up. You're up. No black guy. Um. Okay. So I watched the. I watched whatever you call the first season of the Pacific Rim cartoon on Netflix. Oh right, right. Um, How was that? Um. Okay. Sounds pretty awesome. What's my favorite saying? It it gets up its own ass really quickly, you know. Oh. And it's just getting, it's like, look, we're the kaiju. Can we can we just have a kaiju? But you know, and it just, it just is there is there any tie? What's the tie in the animated to the films, if any? It, it's the same world. It's the same setup and the same situation. Um, okay, but the, you don't. It doesn't give you. Um, I don't know if it does. Because I watched so much of it that I, I but don't. But it's not remember. Boyega's character. No, no, none of the characters, just, none the of the characters from the other the, okay. the previous movies. Okay. But it's the same universe. We just don't know how many yeah. years have passed, uh, you know, from okay. the last movie to this one. Since they shut the hole. Yeah, but I mean, it doesn't seem to matter because there's still kaiju everywhere, you know. Okay. So and then right. uh, it, apparently the world has ended. They lost the war with the kaiju, and then oh. there's only pockets of human existence around, and you know whatever. Well, that's so. different. Yeah. Okay. yeah. It's okay. Was it good? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? It, you know what happens is like you see something and it has a. It, it's it starts out it's a really good concept, and then oh, it's, well. it just gets into the weeds really quickly with, yeah, you know, with one or two aspects of a of a of the broader story without really establishing the world too much. So after you've watched a couple of hours of content, you realize that you. It, the the um, the evolution of the story hasn't been evolved, you know, hasn't been advanced by that much. So you just, you know, you you get set up with like, okay, Luke, Luke Skywalker wants to be a Jedi, but let's say the next three movies all take place on Hoth, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, it's and you're like, we're gonna concentrate on the Wampa family. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, <laughs> what? You know, like, are we ever gonna do anything with this Jedi angle? So you know, that's. That's how it felt to me, but it's it's not bad. It's pretty good, especially if you like Pacific Rim. You should check it out. I uh, watched a couple episodes because it's a, it's been two weeks. A couple episodes of the Equalizer, a couple episodes of Clarice. There's still there's a, Equalizer's pretty good, pretty standardized. I don't know how they're getting away on Clarice without Hannibal uh, being. Involved. Have you seen it though? It's, you gotta. It's, you it's, should po- watch it's it. post that. It's post that event. So I mean, yeah. There's no Hannibal. Hannibal escaped. That's like a giant stamp on the head of, you know, if you know, if you go in and don't know about it, sure. But if we're pop culture hounds, you know, it just knowing that would be bothersome in the back of my head at all times. Okay. Right. They are talking about a possible season four of Hannibal with Matt Mickelson. Yeah. And I would love, I love, I'm a big fan of that series. Um, I think it kind of ended unfortunately too soon due to poor ratings, but I'm understanding that they're, the actors are all, uh, looking forward to perhaps another Coming season. Of well, none of them are none of them are doing anything right now, you know. So, um, well, Mad Mads has replaced Johnny Depp in the new uh, Fantastic Beast. So, ah, uh, it's what four days of filming. Come on, 
fantastic piece. All anyway, right. um, and we're producing my my publishing company actually is producing a, an art book for for Hannibal currently, so it'll be oh. out uh, before the end of the year. I watched uh, the first four episodes of Invincible. Okay, pretty good. Like I already kind of discussed it a little bit, but um, it's pretty solid. I never read the comic, so me neither. Me neither. So but I've, kind I've of, it's fresh most material of the people. For me. Most of the people I know who've commented on it online uh, are are effusive about it. They're they're really yeah, they're really liking it. It's really good. It's really well done. The only problem is we've got the boys. You know, we've got other mm-hmm. other other pieces of material that had come out before it that's sort of doing the same thing. You know, okay, sort of doing this the same kind of deconstruction of you know or or. <clears throat> or you know uh, subverting expectations of the hero the the heroic myth or whatever so yeah. i mean it's whatever but i mean look it's content Fair so enough. i watch it uh i watched <laughs> i watched undisputed three that's one of my movie nights with my friends on tuesday um with mm. uh with Wh- atkins who is, who which is named scott, scott atkins. atkins yeah it wasn't pretty good. It's, it's terrible, but it's funny. You know, yeah. it, was, it was really the action sequence. He's got a lot of those, man. He, oh, are yeah. Just fun, empty headed action films. Yeah. And he's always like this weird, gruff, like, like, you know, um, barely talking Russian character or Slavic character. And then you see him in interviews and he's English. And it's like, yeah, come on, dude. Like, why don't you use your own? Yeah. All right. Um, he plays a lot of Americans, too. I've, I haven't seen too many of uh, his American ones. I've seen tons of ones where he's like some guy right out of the, the you know, the Baltic Islands or something like that. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. But, it must be an easier accent to do for him because, yeah. honestly, I mean, maybe the English accent is, or American accent is just too flat. And also, there's not a lot of talking. So, you know, there's it's, Good point. it's easier for him to just, you know, profile yeah. and then kick someone's ass, which, you know, is the reason we're there in the first place. Uh, two episodes of Falcon and Winter Soldier since uh, since the last time we conversed uh, about this. Yeah. Um, still still holding on for me. I know I, I know others are feeling negative about it, but it's, it's fine for me. Um, I watched the documentary. I rewatched the documentary. I seen it years ago. Uh, Ghost of Flatbush about the Brooklyn Dodgers. Um, oh, yeah. Where's that? Something like that. It says it's about it's just about like the sort of the sort of an early World Series when the, when the Dodgers were in Brooklyn, and um, but it's it wasn't it's before the league it's before the, the Major League Baseball like had assembly uh, had uh, consolidated nationwide, right. which is why they had a they had the baseball team in Brooklyn and a baseball team in the Bronx and uh, you know so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And uh, you know, of course, it's before they moved out to to LA. So I mean, it's to California. Um, and it's really good. It's just really just a bunch of people just talking about you know this this big particular game that they had played. That's uh, you know, this kind of a seminal uh, piece of baseball uh, legendary. Right. So nice. Uh, I watched News of the World again because I have the the Blu-ray. So I watched it with uh, Greengrass's uh, uh, commentary. It's a little disappointing because all he did was talk about camera angles and <laughs> yeah, watching, you know, light light fixtures and stuff like that. And so for a person who's not a filmmaker, it's like, oh man, like could you just talk about like and he never mentioned the author of the book, 
which oh, was, which is a little annoying, but you know, whatever. How are you gonna how are you gonna fault green grass on anything? Um, I watched it, and I wrote this down. I watched a shit ton of uh, YouTube videos from uh, a YouTuber <laughs> called uh, the Professor of Rock, which I just recently discovered. It's amazing. I've seen a couple of his. He's amazing. A uh, pork pie hat. Yes. 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 And he's and he's always hawking these glasses. He's got a you know he's being sponsored by these people who make glasses. But it's okay. just the stuff. It's it's kind of this thing where it seems like it's a, a guy he's about to talk about, you know, like uh, you know, like escape, like the song escape, you know, the Pina Colada song. And it's like you know, I was such and such wow. age when this came up, and you know, blah blah blah. And then boom, he's he's he clicks right over to an interview with the actual you know the actual artist who made the song and then you know and he and he has there's just a ton of stuff ton of videos of him with these behind the scenes or you know deep dives into most of these songs from the 70s 80s and 90s it's just it's just wonderful and you it is it is an amazingly addictive rabbit hole if you're into music um yeah i've stumbled across him a couple of times on very specific points and videos have come up because for something yeah that i was searching for so those came up and i watched those that's just why i recognize the name yeah um but yeah I've, I've not gone just on a generic search for him specifically yeah as soon as i found it i was like all right let's see what else this guy's got you know and it's just i mean he's right. been at it for quite a while so there's, there's... oh yeah yeah it looked like he had a, a ton of stuff yeah and his, his yeah his average video is like 20 minutes 20 or 30 minutes and and now those are the short ones so and and really well produced i mean mm-hmm. they're 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 a lot of work goes into him it's not just like him sitting there and, and rattling no. on for 20 he's minutes. got there's backing of, he's got sponsors yeah some, something there's a lot of stuff going on um so i i watched a bunch of those uh i watched godzilla versus king kong as we talked about i watched it again mm-hmm. actually uh i oh. haven't quite finished the q anon documentary i've watched oh. uh, three episodes of that and it's uh you know it is what it is. At Netflix? Uh it's uh, HBO Max. It's on HBO okay. Max. Um uh did, 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 I watched that, them. Did the did the Hemingway thing start yet? Yes. I think it did, yes. Okay. And it That's ended, on HBO Max too, right? It ended tonight. No, it's on a uh, PBS. Oh, okay. It ended tonight. Although I watched it uh, Monday, I watched the first episode on monday night and then i saw that they have all of them on the app so i just downloaded the app and watched all three of them oh, on monday. oh nice yeah nice so i mean if you i mean they're they're out i assume they'll show up probably like on amazon or something eventually yeah no i mean it's it's ken burns so it's i mean it's oh okay it's i didn't know that it's that's that's why you were being uh cheering about him yeah because it's just amazing <laughs> stuff it's just it's fantastic and it's got yeah it's narrated by peter coyote and uh oh, awesome and uh what's his name jeff daniels is reading for hemingway so it's just passages of hemingway's writing read by jeff daniels you that's know? cool and all this other stuff and i mean fucking hemingway was i mean you, you have yes. you're, you're sitting there like no, come on most of this is made up there's no way this actually happened and it's it's no it's all true um, so it's amazing. It's fantastic. I was, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to watch it again. So you'll hear about it again. If we do these, if we keep doing these, um, I watched this, <laughs> I watched this movie that wanted to be no country for old men so badly 
and it was so bad because it just wasn't. It's called <laughs> it's called Goodland, and it never heard of it. It's it's on uh, it's, I think it's on Amazon. It's it's really oh. it's really well shot. It's really well acted. The production value is there, but it's just horrible. It's just like it's like <laughs> this is going nowhere. I mean, it literally is. Everything is great with it except for the. They just at one point they're like, yeah, you know what? Hey, what do you think? I think we're done. All right, we're done. <laughs> Call it a wrap. You know, we'll, we'll shoot the guy and then we'll get out of here. <laughs> wow. And that's. That's just how it ends. It's just astonishing, and then you're you're just left wondering why did I even watch that? Um, uh, but it's one of those train wreck things where you're like, I know this is going somewhere. I'm going to stick with it. I know eventually I will be rewarded for watching this. And I've I have seen a I have seen 500 <laughs> horror films exactly like <laughs> yeah, that. Going to be, I will be rewarded for my diligence. And then no, you won't. And then no, you're not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you will be punished for your diligence. That's and then right. I watched these uh, two movies, these two weird movies, uh, Let It Ride and Vanilla Sky, you know, which I guess, <laughs> I guess we'll talk about them eventually. We will. Um, <laughs> and that was my consumption. So uh, that ends our suffering. All right. So for Tom's uh, first film pick, Vanilla Sky. Open your eyes. Most of us live our whole lives without any real adventure to call our own. You can do whatever you want with your life, but one day you'll know what love truly is. What do I owe this pleasure? The pleasure of Sophia. I would spend the rest of my life with that girl, man. That smile is going to be the end of me. David Ames. You're following me. I just felt bad at your party. When did you stop caring, David? Slow down, Julie. When you sleep with someone, your body makes a promise whether you do or not. Do you believe in God? Open your eyes. What is this? I didn't do this. You've been charged with murder. There's no murder. I want Sophia back. These people are dangerous. They want to steal my life! There's an explanation for all this, David. 2001, directed by Cameron Crowe with a running time of 136 minutes. A rich, good-looking guy runs into what he thinks may be the girl of his dreams at a party. Soon afterwards, left horribly scarred in an auto accident caused by a previously jilted lover, he tries to reconcile his new life as a social pariah. Only things increasingly start to make less and less sense to him, and he seeks answers. But will he like what he finds? Uh, so, Tom, why did you pick Vanilla Sky? Well, let me give you a little bit of history and why I did pick it. I think it's Vanilla Sky is grossly underappreciated as a film. I think it's one. It came out in 2001, as you mentioned, or will mention, and it's one of the best films of, of the last 20 years. I uh, have a again. Let me give you my history on it. I'm a big fan of Cameron Crowe's work. He did did direct Vanilla Sky, and it is a remake of a Spanish film called Abre Los Hoyos by. Alexandra um, Amendabar, um, who also directed Amendabar, who did the others. Uh, I know it's a remake, I and a lot of people prefer Abrilos Hoyos, but I prefer Vanilla Sky. I think it's a, I think it's pretty damn close to a perfect film. I saw it on a Friday night after reading Roger Ebert's pretty 
very good review. Well, you know, it I made saw, an impression on him if he knows the night he saw it on. Yeah, well, <laughs> it opens you know up it's Friday. not a joke. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I saw it that Friday night and I didn't understand it. I can't say I understood it all. I didn't know if I liked it. I didn't think I liked it, but I'll tell you what, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Mm. So that Sunday, two days later, I went to see it again and I walked out and it's like, I got it that time and I really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed it so much that the following weekend I went to the theater and saw it again. And I, after that, I loved it. And I will say that Vanilla Sky is still the only film I've ever seen three times within 10 days in the theater. Wow. I, I, it's got, wow. it's got a great cast. Tom yeah. Cruise catches a lot of crap, but he's, I think he's one of the best actors on the planet. Um, it's Cameron Diaz, Penelope Cruz, who we spoke about, uh, what's her name from uh, Suicide Squad? Margot Robbie. Uh, Robbie. Uh, Margot Robbie. Penelope Cruz, to me, is one of the most beautiful women actresses on the planet, too. Mm -hmm. And interestingly enough, she played the same character, Sophia, in the in the open open your eyes or right. Los Hoyos film. So that's a really interesting twist. The other thing I will say is it's got a wonderful soundtrack, a superb soundtrack. I own the soundtrack on its own. I love all the music in it. Um, it introduced me to the bands, the, um, I believe they're Icelandic band. Sigurros. Yep. Yes, they're brilliant stuff. But I think Cameron Crowe picking the songs for the soundtrack, he's got a great ear, almost famous. He yeah, did, yeah. He did his wife. say or anything in his wife. Is it his ex-wife? No. I think they're ex. I think um, they're divorced now. And Ann Wilson or is it Nancy Wilson, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Fast Times, Richmond High. His films are known for great soundtracks, and this mm -hmm. is probably to me. It's got Peter Gabriel. It's got Sigur Rós, as we've talked about. It's just a wonderful soundtrack. So that's to me is what separates it. In addition to the great cast, I also and we, you talked about Kurt Russell earlier. So Cruz is beautiful, and she's great in this role. Cameron Diaz. And then if you didn't notice, there's some really young actors in this film who went on to much greater things. Tilda Swinton's got a small role in this film. Yeah. Michael Timothy, Shannon. Timothy Michael Spall, early Michael Shannon appearance. Michael Shannon, Noah Taylor. It's just Annie Ivana Milicevich. So mm. she's a, she's in the party scene. So right. just adjacently, I got to mention him too, I suppose. Kurt Russell, I'm a big fan of. Um, I think it's got some important things to say there's a couple lines that have always stuck with me 20 years later and one of them that one of them is every passing minute is another chance to turn it all around and i think that's an important thing to learn in life uh, and it's again it's always stuck with me and then cameron diaz says to tom cruise and she's kind of a, a jilted lover in the film uh, she says don't you know that when you sleep with someone your body makes a promise whether you do or not and that's effing true too. I think I just, I just, I, I think it's very true. And I, it's kind of tempered my, I was single uh, tempered, <laughs> kind of tempered it a little bit. Um, and then the sweet and the sour. And do you want to live a dream or do you want to live, you know, real life and taste? You, know, you can't appreciate the sweet without the sour. I think the film has got very good messages. It's got a wonderful cast it's got a great soundtrack. There's nothing not to like. A lot of people will say the original is the Arielos Oyos film is superior. I think they're snobs. I think this is the better movie. 
All right. That that's fair enough. Uh I I you know it's funny when you when when Latham told me you'd picked vanilla sky, I kinda in my head, and this happens more frequently than I'd like to admit. Uh I have a vague memory of when I first saw a film, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And I'm just I I and because I think that I can't remember a lot of detail about it, I feel like that I'm gonna watch it. And I'm not going to enjoy the experience of of kind of revisiting it or something. Something will have changed. And I didn't remember a lot about the movie. I didn't remember a lot of the underlying themes and whatnot themes. and the whole and the, and the and the obviously the the core twist, if you want to call it the core thing for the for the movie. And I have to say, watching this today, uh, I think like you, the first time I saw it. I didn't really know what I was watching. And I think I don't, I think I missed a lot of that stuff and watching it today. Uh, I got a lot more out of it. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, there was a lot of really, it's only the second time you screened only Steve? the second time I've seen it. And you and, saw it originally 20 years ago on its release. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And uh, I, you know, I, and then in digging up information and stuff about, you know, different stuff about the movie. I found on Cameron Crowe's own website, the uncool, uh, there are apparently six theories about the movie. Uh, and we can just run through these real quick. Or actually, you know, let's go in and get your, your thoughts before we run through these first. Let's uh, actually, let's go Latham. Go ahead and go. I first. don't know. Maybe you want Hassan to go first on this one. Uh Oh, Hassan. No, no, just go ahead. I'm. A- you want me to go? Yeah. Okay. I have to pretend to not be Tom's friend for a little while no, here. Please. Um, one thing, if there's one thing you've learned on this show, Latham, is, is you, you know, people that we have on this show aren't going to get offended because you didn't like the movie. They oh, I know. I just, I like, I like everything about Tom, except the fact that he likes. The movie. <laughs> um, I will say this is one of the, my top 10 favorite. Films I know. Of all I know. Of all it time. Is. Of all Salt time. In the I know. Salt it in the wound. And I will ahead. say that this I will say this movie saved my life. And that <laughs> How did you know? Made, it made me decide to go into philanthropy and I've saved lives because of it. And I just I just wanted to say that before you give your impression. My children Animal. were born to the soundtrack of this. <laughs> uh, I will thank Tom for one thing is I had not seen this since 2001 and I knew what my review had had said and and I, I had just like Steve said, had forgotten a lot about this movie and the plot. And I just remember certain things, but I, I do thank Tom for picking this so I could verify that I really actually didn't like it now or then. Um, I, I, I don't, I think the first hour of this movie is just drudgery to get through. Just like, I mean, you're, all actors involved are, are great. Penelope Cruz is great. Tom Cruise is great. I agree with Tom in saying that he's a great actor. He's a he's an absolute abomination as a human being, but he is a, he is a fantastic actor for what all that's worth. And you know, Cameron Diaz is great. The supporting characters are you know, uh, yeah, I, yeah. It's Kurt Russell plays the same part in every movie he's in. Okay, every single movie. 
this guy has no range. And as soon as he comes in as a psychiatrist, it's, it's like, okay, here we go. He's going to play the same party. He always plays that. I mean, he's fine. You know, he's not a bad actor. He's just the same character in every movie. Uh, this movie to me was about narcissism and about like, I don't even, I don't even know how to phrase it. It just, it, it the, the lead character is not someone you should be rooting for or care for. And he really doesn't, make much of a transformation in this movie he just he finds out he's part of this science fiction idea that's going on and and at the end you know what is he what has he truly learned at the end of this movie depending on the theory he, he really hasn't learned anything because if they I don't know how much I can spoil here. I got to be careful. Oh, I don't think you have That's to That's a 20 year old movie. Yeah, I know. I just, people are listening to podcasts. They might never have seen it. The, the end of the movie, basically, if you take it a certain way, everything is just reverted back to the way it was. And the message is, oh, you could just go on and live your real life and not your pretend life. And it's like, that's not teaching anybody anything. That's a fair point. Especially about his, I mean, the guy is a, is a womanizing narcissist and that's how he starts the movie. And at the end he gets away with all that for all practical purposes. And that, that bothers me. And I felt here's a real deep theory for you. I bet this, this one isn't on Cameron Crowe's site. I feel at the time, by the time this came out, Tom Cruise is like one of the biggest actors, but he's this like pretty boy. And he's into like, you know, he just thinks, you know, his attitude is I'm the greatest thing ever. And he's basically a narcissist. And it felt like, like Cameron Crowe, who had already worked with him on Jerry Maguire is saying, Hey, let's make this movie and show people you're human. We're going to make you look ugly for part of the movie. And we're going to give you these horrible scars. And you're going to have to act part of the movie looking like this awful human being. But at the end, we'll fix everything. Even so that we'll have a special effect shot. We are on the roof and you look horrible, and then they pass by this sunlight, and now you look fine. And that kind of stuff just incensed me while I was watching this. And I wrote it down in my old review, is that it, it just doesn't, it, the movie just, it, it doesn't, the sci-fi concept doesn't do anything for me when the movie's over. And I think it's because, because it's Tom Cruise and his character that we're talking about. It just didn't, it didn't resonate me. I didn't care about him. I didn't care about any of the characters. I, I cared for Penelope Cruz's character, Sophia. And then by the end of the movie, I didn't care for her either. I didn't care for anybody. I wanted like Michael Shannon to just start beating ass on somebody just so I could care for someone in this movie. Um, I, I don't, I, I, I don't think the musical choices in this movie I, I, are that, like well thought out Cameron Crowe's choices in other, other movies he, he has are like, you know, almost famous singles. Um, the ones Fast that times at Ridgemont high. Yeah. I mean, those are, he didn't direct that, but he wrote it, but I mean, he, that's he, right. You know, they're, they seem iconic in this movie. As soon as I heard Radiohead, I was like, uh, okay. I, I get why you're picking Radiohead, but, you don't need to put Radiohead on your, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I didn't, the music didn't really, I, I liked the songs in the movie. I just didn't think they applied. 
Salisbury Hill was just out of place. I didn't like that at all. I thought that was cheesy. What else did I not like about this movie? I wrote a bunch <laughs> of shit down here. Um, uh, I, it feel like, I feel like he's apologizing for Tom Cruise. That's what it feels like watching this movie. The pop culture references, like he's having his party and oh. Spielberg's there. And, you know, that's just... I don't, I don't like seeing shit like that. That just shows me you've got rich friends in the film industry and you're just going to pop them in as cameos. And that doesn't. Well, no, it's just because he was getting ready to shoot minority report with him. And they just did a, a cameo swap because Cameron Crowe's in minority report. All right. Well, that's even worse then. That's even worse. How is that worse? Because it's just, uh, never mind. You're, you're just like, you're, you're just like, Hey, you want to be, uh, you're, you're a super director. Be in my movie. I'll be in your movie. You know, just, just tell your story. I don't need that. I don't. I don't like. Oh, it. it was. It was over in a blink of an eye. I didn't. I didn't mind Spielberg's uh, cameo at all. I will say too, Tom Cruise saw Abrilos Oyos a couple years earlier, optioned the rights, and then he recruited Cameron Crowe to direct. So your point is taken about um, the narcissism, and and I, Tom Cruise has got it. I guess, you know, off screen, his personal life is a little bit odd, I'll say, but on screen in this film is brilliant. He, he's a good actor. Yeah. He's a, they, people say, oh, he's vain. He's narcissist. Tom Cruise is a narcissist, but he, he did, as you mentioned, Latham, he, he did wear a mask and or was horribly disfigured on screen for half of this film. Well, so, he wore, he wore a mask and he was normal. I was trying to time it out. He's really, the, the scene he's mostly disfigured in is the club scene, and there's not much else besides that. And I thought a cowardly thing in this film is never showing him disfigured when he's having sex or when he's doing anything romantic. And that it, it just made me it, it, the theme at the end of the movie that I took is that if you're ugly is bad and handsome is good. That's what I took Ooh. out of it. Ooh, I, that's so far away from anything I took away. And I, I, didn't I take don't. That at all. I, I, I wasn't buying it. I wasn't buying it with the choices they made in the editing and what they showed at different times. And I don't, I'm not buying him as a hero of the ugly in any sense. And that's what I think of vanilla sky. Okay. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know that. I may have broken the podcast folks. Hold on one second. No, I just, I don't, I'm I'm so far away from being able to process the angle which you took to that you're the, the the points you're addressing. Sure, we'll go ahead. That and I'm. Try. Well, no, that's my point. I can't. I'm I'm so far away that I can't even like put together coherent points to argue with you on them, or not argue wow. with you, but wow. to <laughs> to combat them. It's just like the the because the reasonings behind a lot of them seem to stem from more about your personal feelings about the people involved than they do about the actual film. But that's well, here or there, and also your choice. So that that's a hundred percent. I mean, no, I'm not no going to I'm not going to try and that. talk you out of it. It just yeah, seems. I mean, if no one wants seems, to address that, those are you know, there's certainly examples in the cinema world where. Uh, life imitates art and, and vice versa with plenty, you know, with plenty of films we've already watched and people, you know, affect, you know, affecting what they end up making as their final project of art based on who they are. Roman Polanski, um, you know, 
uh, Lars von Trier. I could come, you know, David Lynch, lots and lots of uh, examples. No one wants to talk about the mainstream ones because it's Tom Cruise and it's Cameron Crowe. And it's, you know, no one's going to approach that angle because if you were a main critic or saw a known critic and you came out with that, you'd be blackballed immediately. But I don't give a lot. So, but lots of people didn't like it. Yeah, it didn't Scott. get You're good reviews. Yeah. yeah, overall, but, it did not get good reviews, and it's not done well on Rotten Tomatoes. If that means anything, well, I know. Well, yeah, but what did they say is wrong with the movie? It's not the I, acting. It's not the production. It's not the directing. That's all. That all works. It's got to be something else. But but what is it? I mean, no. If if, if they want to identify it, they can identify it. I I'm telling you, that's why. I don't like, like- for, for example, uh, you know, one of the guys wrote a real mystery here is why a filmmaker as talented and unique as Crow would want to devote several years of his life to recreating someone else's movie. Another one is a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside an enigma. The problem is the mystery and enigma are one movie and the riddles in an entirely different movie. No, that's that's a good point, too. Yeah, it doesn't really make much sense. And, and no. I'm not a big fan of movies that blur the line between when something is happening and when something is dreaming. And then at the end, you just get to figure it out and piece it together. And that's the gimmick. And that gimmick's been so overdone by this point that you shouldn't do it anymore. It doesn't work. It's, it's, it started with the wizard of Oz and it's been done thousands of times and you don't need to, you know, you don't need and, to and never as good as this, <laughs> never as well done as this. I'll, I'll read another review that uh, just a blurb. It says, Vanilla Sky is one of the most challenging films of the year. Thought provoking, mysterious, complex, nerve wracking, beautiful, creepy, funny, and a trip deliriously all its own. I agree with that completely. I, I won't say it's not a bad, I, I should be fair. It's not a bad movie. Um, I gave it two and a half and I, I I, I even wrote that I'm not even going to wrote read what I wrote at my review. No, please, please. It doesn't make any sense. It's 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 similar to what I just talked about, but more specific to the time. I wrote it is almost as if Tom Cruise is sending this movie out to his ex-wife. That's what I wrote at the time. I don't remember who his ex-wife was at the time. It was he while they were making Kidman? this movie. Is he in, like during the filming of this film that he split up with Nicole Kidman? Right. Okay. He had they had done Eyes Wide yeah, Shut. Eyes Wide Shut but, before that. Right. 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 I just I don't. Okay. And we need someone else's point of view. Why don't we have Hassan? Please, Hassan. Uh, what did you think of the movie? I don't know how to follow that really. <laughs> uh, well, sure, I asked you to go sure. first. I, I asked sure you to do. go first. That's that's exactly why I that's exactly why uh, I said it. Um, I saw this movie. Um, I didn't see it in in two thousand one when it came out, but like a year later or whatever on home video or not home video, but like you know, cable, whatever. Yeah, and um, I saw it in pieces. It was a. Uh, it was kind of. I'm trying to remember the first time I saw it. I I I did like it. The moment, the moment I heard the soundtrack, because I actually, I like the soundtrack. I liked it. I liked it. I, I it soundtrack. had the Jeff Buckley song in it, and I and I went crazy for oh, it. Yeah. You know, because that's that's one of the probably one of the better songs um, of that era, as far as I'm concerned. Some some good REM well, on there too. That's a great REM song. It is a great. REM. There's a couple of them. Yeah, and and to your counterpoint sure. sorry to interrupt you Hassan but the uh, counterpoint I think Radiohead it's 2001 it was perfect I thought it worked very very well yeah I don't know I don't, I don't, I don't understand I not liking Radiohead at all but it's fine um 
I like all the songs on it, though. I don't dislike any songs. I think they're bad choices to put in the. Context you don't like the, the movie, movie. I like so all- like you know, how can you judge on the on, on what would have made the the choices better if you didn't like the movie in and of itself? It doesn't matter. It's, I'm not questioning your opinion. Um, I get you. I understand what you're saying. Um, look, it was weird. I I remember telling a friend about this movie, and I remember telling. I think it was Scott actually um, telling him it's a science fiction movie that, that, that I had no clue was a goddamn science fiction movie while I was watching it. Right. And I think I did need to watch it twice to actually figure out exactly what was going on. Absolutely. It's, it's a movie that I watched. I don't know why I watched it. I think, uh, I think there was some kind of commotion about it, some hubbub about it. And it was it's it for for a little while existed as this movie that I couldn't ever finish because something would always come up like I would always catch it in the middle and like, <laughs> God damn it, you know, or I would start watching it and then something would happen where I would have to go someplace else or fall asleep or something like that. So it was hard. It's not really it's it's not a film to see. In pieces, no, it, it didn't. That. It didn't. It, it didn't work a couple of times, but because it, because of circumstances. When I finally did sure. see it all the way through, I'm like, I really, you know, I think this movie's pretty cool. I actually, you know, I actually like it. And then after after I the after maybe the third or fourth time I saw it, where it really resonated with me, I started to really enjoy it. The next time I saw it, I I picked up on all the hints. I I knew where all the bodies were buried, you know, all over the all over the the story, and I really. I really got into it. It's really a sad story, you know, very much. I don't know. I just, I liked everything about it. I still, and then I watched it again today and I have, I actually own it, but I, but I, but it was on uh, Amazon right next to, ironically, right next to let it ride. So I, I was able to watch (laughs) both of them. So I just, I just cycled through uh, the two movies. And I mean, this, this now watching it in my, (laughs) In my late forties, um, <laughs> um, you know, watching it, especially after after this last year of craziness and heartache and all that stuff, just kind of watching a person decide this life is too much. You know, I'm going to opt out of this life and opt into a dream of a better life. And then you're there. He's dreaming his better life, and there's a glitch, and a better life turns into a nightmare, you know. And then exactly. he's he's faced with the choice: we can fix this dream, and you could go back to it, or you could wake up to complete uncertainty. Because the guy tells him, "You still got a little bit of money, but you know, it's not." I mean, he literally says, "Your money isn't going to last long at all." So that you don't know if that means his his fortune has been severely reduced or if money is just not his the, his level his his kind of money wouldn't go far in whatever society is f- right. 150 years into the future it's quite honestly i can't yeah. even imagine 150 years into into the future first from this starting off point it's about it's apparently um fourth of july over here but um so oh nice <laughs> uh it's and then you know so he opts to wake up it's not a deep story 
I don't and I and I don't mean that in a negative way. It's not it's not an inaccessible story, but you do have to be paying attention to it to to know exactly what's happening when when something is happening. I understand what Latham is saying, but it is it is kind of a slow burn um, in the beginning. Oh, very much. Uh, but you kind of get the impression of what's going. On. You 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 could see um, uh, you could see uh, uh, Cameron Diaz coming a mile away. You could see that's you know. Like there's a line from uh, yeah, uh, the, the, from uh, the the crying game, you know, where like dude, the guy asked the bartender, "Who's that guy?" And the bartender's like, uh, "He's who she should run a mile from," you know. And that's that's exactly who Cameron <laughs> Diaz is. Like he she is someone you should run a mile from when you say, you know, you could you could. And I've 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 known all, all, about a billion girls just like her, you know. Um, the sad, the saddest girl to ever hold. Yeah, her you know, but I mean, it, it, but but yeah, but she gaslit her. And she plays a great stalker. Yeah, great stalker. In she's gaslit film. herself into thinking that she's not sad. Yes. you know, and it's it's yes. a you know it's pretty profound but very dangerous kind of energy to be around. And you know, you you kind of when you're when you're watching it the th- second or third time, you do see the pitfalls. You do see where you know poor choices are made. You know that led to, you know, great disaster. You know, as as the story progressed, so um, he steals a girl from his friend, kind of. You know, um, and his friend is that he kind of steals. But they had only met. They only met that that morning of the birthday party yeah, or but, whatever at the library. Says. Right. <laughs> oh, Jason Lee's character was very upset. Yes, agreed. He did kind of steal her. Yes, well, the he did. point is that she she chose to stick around with him true true um it i'm not i'm not exonerating him but i mean it wasn't it wasn't an outright theft and he never slept with her he actually never did anything with her physically you know because he's got you know uh, what is it delayed uh satisfaction or whatever so he sort of stole the girl that's a, that was a mistake, but that friendship endured, right? Or held out for, for whatever. He gets in the car with uh, Cameron Diaz, which is a fatal mistake, ultimately. Um, at least, especially for her. Um, hmm. And then, you know, he's, he's on the... Uh, he's, he's on the all-too-familiar and inevitable, you know, resentment tour after that. You know, after he's he comes out of it and he's <laughs> uh, he's physically destroyed and, you know, um, he's, he's, he's definitely been taken down quite a few pegs from where he was before. And so he can't, he, he can't, he sort of can't live up to the moment when he sees her again in the, in the club, you know? And I mean, look, first of all, it's unfair for him to present himself to her, uh, in that club because or, or in the dance club when he when he finds her again when he shows up i mean because what is anybody supposed to say that's a that's a tremendous amount to to put on someone's plate and then when when they meet it's kind of conciliatory and and uh jason lee is with him and and i understand his i understand why he had a mental conniption from that you know 
Um, but so there's a lot of psychological, emotional stuff in this movie that's that's actually ironically wonderfully not said, um, even though it's uh, it's plainly stated. Um, well said. Yeah, I agree with that. And you can't. Uh, I don't know. It's a. Uh, it's a lot of that stuff is complicated. You know, everybody everybody has fucked up at that point. You know, and so when he when he you know, and I do I, I do remember the first time I saw the movie when he woke up the next morning on the street and she was with him. I was like, well, that's a strange shift, you know, in tone and whatever. And then the whole movie takes on this, you know, it does take on this this kind of dreamy quality where everything starts to work out again and you do realize why. Um, the one I'll tell you one thing I felt about it that I felt it sort of aligned itself with. But the difference between this movie and the one I'm going to mention is at the end of this movie, they give you all yes. the answers. You know, they they essentially say this is this is the story. Yeah. This is this what is happens. when you make your choice and then we get the next what potentially whatever Winnow X might think might be. But this that that whole second part of the movie has got a distinctly Jacob's ladder <laughs> feel to it. Yeah. But it, you know without the horror another film along without, the without same a lot of the horror aspects. So yeah, up until well, a point. Up until a point. Well right. And then and then yeah and then Jacob's ladder is just this you know whole other thing. But it's that I get a little of the same feel between those two movies, especially in those those parts where things are things are jumping back and forth within yeah. the same scene, you know, like where she's in the room, she walks out of the room and when she walks back in the room. She's Penelope mm-hmm. Cruz again. You're like, yeah. And it's like for, for me, when by the time you get to this point and that's the strange thing about the movie, I, I, I also like I, I see what Latham is saying in certain ways, because the movie's pacing is really off. It's really it's really strangely paced and when you realize it's a foreign film like you know i, I hate to derogatorize uh, that with that with that phrase but um huh you mean the source yeah it's a foreign it's a for- yeah it's a, the, source. the source material is a foreign yeah, film that kind of. and then you also realize that it's supposed to be sure. um it's a, it's a you know most of it is a dream so of course in order to capitalize on the on the the dream aspect of it it has to be the significant portion of it has to be non-linear so i i i also yeah, understand yeah. that but it can affect the way you see it you know it, it can affect the way you're 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 digesting the information that you're being given because you're like oh come on what the fuck like just yeah. stay hold still you know for five <laughs> minutes so i can understand <laughs> what you're trying to do so i get it you know and if you didn't like the film you wouldn't have watched it three or four times in order to totally get it like I did, you know? So it, you know, it, it's, I, I understand. Um, I think, unfortunately, just as Latham, in, in my opinion, and this will, this is, this is going to be sharp. I think it just as Latham took it personally, took certain aspects of it personally. I took the film personally, but for different reasons, I, you know, I identified with, some of you know some of the film I, I never had my face crushed thank god or you know was in a within a terrible uh you know car accident but i've made mistakes you know i've made i've made some serious relationship mistakes um i've i've often emotionally zigged when i should have zagged you know and um there were there are there are very vivid moments in my memory where if i had just done something slightly different 
the outcome of this thing would have been completely, you know, would have, would, you know, and maybe my life would be different, you know? Um, and right. so that resonates. And the idea of not so much suicide or giving up or whatever, but the idea of being able to, you know, step out of reality and, and get into a, and, and just kind of go into a dream state, you know, a permanent dream state that's being managed for you so that it, it's constantly giving you, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, you know, favorable outcomes to everything that you're experiencing. It's yeah. It's, my best it's, life. There's, there's a lot of appeal to that, <laughs> you know? Um, and then of course, what I liked about the movie is that it said, no, nah, this is not quite the way to do things because when it glitches, it's going to be really bad, you know. It's going to glitch to a point where you're going to think you're in a horror movie, and then you're going to you you might spend the rest of your <laughs> dream, your thousand year dream or whatever, um, in jail. Like, imagine if there was no tech support and they couldn't fix the the you know the, the yeah the glitch, and then he just ended up incarcerating himself because of his guilt. You know, he just puts himself. Uh, in a in a in a hole in his own mind for I mean that's 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 horrifying so um it is it's a movie that I did you know I saw it a couple of times it it resonated with me when I first saw it um and I and I'm sure I thought about it and I thought very heavily on it and then it just kind of faded you know it didn't come up again until until this show and so I watched it again while watching again and working on all the the implications of it and all the possibilities and um, there are a tremendous amount of layers to the film. There's, there's you know, in, in an infinite amount of possibilities of, you know, what could have happened and what might happen and what, you know, what the story means. I actually did see Open Your Eyes, the original one. I actually did not enjoy it as much as I enjoyed this particular movie. Mm -hmm. Thank um, you. But that might oh. have been because I had to read it. <laughs> well, I'm kidding. Uh. <laughs> That's just a throwback to a previous, but uh, I, so and, and look, Penelope Cruz. There are things, um, there are things about it that that on a on a visceral level, Penelope Cruz is absolutely adorable in the film. Um, Cameron Diaz is, you know, dangerously good looking in the film. You know, there's a there's an aspect of of uh, you know forbidden fruit kind of situation going there. Um, I like Tom Cruise. I don't. I don't really know. I don't care really much about his personal life. I I like him. I'm with you on that. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think he. I think he does a good job in whatever movie I watch him in, with the exception of no, no, no. Well, Legend, maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> he does. He's got an amazing filmography. He does sci-fi. He does action pictures, psychological thrillers, comedies. Yeah. He did. He was in it. He, he's a guy. I think he can laugh at himself too. His cameo in Austin Powers Gold Member was hilarious, in my opinion. <laughs> really good. He's just a great actor. He he catches a lot of crap for his personal yeah, life because he's think. crazy. And like, you but said, I mean, yeah, like you said, son, I don't care about that. Yeah. I mean, look at Frank Sinatra. He was he was a great artist, but he had questionable personal life too. So you know, well, I agree with you. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, I'm just gonna You're say. Gonna say I something. mean, it's you know, we we were talking about this on text in regards to Joss Whedon. I mean, you. It's one thing if you're, you know, not a very nice person or whatever, but this guy has like, you know, tried to 
tell people to not listen to licensed doctors and taking psych, you know, psychiatric drugs. I mean, you need to shut the fuck up and just make movies. And that I'm, I'm sorry if you do that. And I hear about that. I'm, it's not going to make me, uh, affect my review of your movie or your performance. But if I see a parallel like I did in this, I'm definitely going to apply it. And that's, that's where I'm at with, that's why it bothers me. I love Tom Cruise in almost everything he does. I think he's a brilliant actor, but I think this is the movie where he, where the line is crossed. I think eyes wide shut is another one too, but definitely this one. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, please. Um, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from with it. I just, you know, the, the difference between Tom Cruise and Joss Whedon, I don't like Joss Whedon's art. So when he's revealed it's to be a bastard, to him, yeah. Yeah, when he's, he's revealed to be a bastard, I'm like, yeah, I already knew that. Well, and also there's probably a dividing line in what bad they've done. I think Joss Whedon's probably, according to the allegations, has done worse things than Tom Cruise has. So, you know, Tom Cruise is just a, yeah, but I mean, there's the loony, like, you know, like I said, there's like Orson Scott Card. You know, I like yeah. I like Ender's Game, but he's a yep. ba- he, he's he's theoretically a bastard. You know, in his in yep. his real life, and he's That's and tough. he's it's documented. So, I mean, you gotta sometimes if you can, if you like the art, then you're you're kind of you're kind of forced to separate the art from the artist. If you don't like the art and you don't like the artist, then you don't have to do the work. You don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to strain so, so badly. It, yeah, it comes yeah, easily. Right. No. Yeah, that's true. You're um, not required to do anything. You're right. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not telling you you're wrong about anything that you've said, you know, um, it's, you know, it's just, it's, it's a little awkward to, to, to be like, well, I liked it, you know, cause uh, you didn't want to sound like that either. We all oh, liked it except right. for like, <laughs> I think we all liked it more than, I think we all liked it more than he did um yeah that's 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 for I, sure yeah, but i mean i it's it was a i appreciate watching it again it was a good experience um i'm i'm good i'm hear. glad uh i'm glad it's back in my in my conscious you my my uh my uh your orbit yeah my 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 <laughs> my top conscious you know my, my now, can, my, now no you can longer. throw that in rotation with news of the world instead of just watching news of the world again <laughs> listen man news of the world is a brilliant film and when you finally get to to that was Sean Connery. No, no. That's, a, that's Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks. And, uh, yeah, it's a western. One. When you finally sit down and watch it, you won't understand what I mean. I man. have I have no doubt. Okay, <laughs> so going back to the uh, the the six supported theories on the on the Cameron Crow website about uh, about the movie, the one is is just the movie is just as it explained. Uh, he wakes, he commits suicide, he's frozen, splice occurs, like he says. And then the sound at the end is David awakening 150 years in the future. How does he commit suicide? Pills. He overdoses on he the pills. The building. Right. Well, okay. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. I just want to make sure I was clarified. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, because that's how he gets put into the the life exter- life excursion right. or life extension thing. Yeah, he made a deal with them. He signed a contract right. and made right. a deal. Now the only the anachronistic part is that like how the hell did they know and they get to him quick enough to be able Great to put point. it because he lives alone. So you know. Usually, when you live alone, by the time people realize that you're dead, 
You're way past. It looked like that scene was in like a (laughs) hotel room or something, though. It was weird because it was like that wasn't like one of his bathrooms. That was like some weird like hotel bathroom that he was. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't specify. They really. And I mean, like, it's it's fine. You know, it's not a. It's not something to be hung up on. But they're freezing a three week old McDonald's Happy Meal at that point. Okay, that's not something you're going to regenerate in 150 years. I think that's an important point this time. Well, I mean, depending on when when or where they found him. If they found him an hour or to 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 fifteen minutes after he yeah we're getting into the weeds dosed, here about about cryogenics and and when, how long ago was we'll they give found. him that mulligan we'll give it to him it just exists I mean why wouldn't we give it to him well I'm giving it to him great uh, everything the second one everything <laughs> up to the car wreck was real and the rest of the entire film was all in David's head as he lies in a coma until the end when he wakes up. Number three, the entire film is a dream as David struggles with his vanity, his sexual past, his ideal woman, etc. The only real scene is when he wakes up at the end. I Uh, I kind of like that one. (laughs) The movie is writer Brian Shelby's fictional story about his friend David Ames, the story of the sour and the sweet. He plays the unsung hero to the playboy. Oh. Okay. uh, Why 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 would people why would people convolute a convoluted story? Because with are you kidding? Of, of all people, Hassan, you're going to ask that question. You know, but people I mean, have no nothing else to do but convolute uh, stories. Yeah, Two words for you: the fan movie, fiction. The movie, the movie is crazy, but the movie does have the decency to explain itself, and only, only, only overly pretentious twats would just decide that they were going <laughs> to complicate something that's what? already been explained. It's. Correct. Um, That's a great point. What I did find interesting was, and I went back and looked at these, uh, apparently Cameron Crowe hid um, via alphanumeric code uh, some some little stuff in the movie. Uh, when he gets when he gets arrested on his photo lineup code on him that's underneath his name is like a bunch of letters and numbers that all go green. But then now the letters are mostly correct. But then the numbers are substitutions for other letters. It's an alphanumeric substitution. So it's like, so it's like, for example, the plaque on his photo lineup reads W85N494, blah, 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 blah. But when you break down the code, it says, when did the dream become a nightmare? Hmm. Okay. I mean, that's, and then on when they're, when they're showing the x-rays of, uh, of his head, when he's there at the doctor's office, um, in the lower left of the skull x-ray, there's a long series of numbers and letters together that basically reads, do not wake him up. And the lower right, there's a message that says pleasant dreams, which is also on the LE body bag that they put his body in when they come to pick him up. Uh, and then when, while he's imprisoned, uh, he's wearing an ID bracelet. And on the ID bracelet, uh, underneath his name, uh, there's a code there which translate to frozen guy. So there's a mm. bunch of little things hidden in the movie that, you know, once you get to the end, and if you were, if you were, you know, cogent enough to catch them and go back and look at them, they were all, they were all little things that were planted there, but they're more really like, you know, winky kinds of things rather than actual like things that would hint at anything while you're watching the movie. Yeah. You're never going to catch that. Right. I, I mean, right. I agree. It's fine if you. It's, I mean, it's fun that he buried him in there, but it's yeah, it doesn't do anything for like the Stop initial. Success. Do you know? The, well, yeah, there you go. 
<laughs> it's up its own ass. Um, <laughs> what's interesting was the title Vanilla Sky uh, was actually the title that Cameron Crowe considered calling Almost Famous uh, because really? originally Almost Famous as a film, he wanted to release the film as untitled. Like that was the title of the film, untitled. And Dream, DreamWorks wouldn't allow it. So they said, you have to give the terrible. film a title, which is why when he put out the, uh, the, that bootleg director's cut edition of Almost Famous, it's called Untitled. Hmm. Uh, Tom Cruise says this is the best film he's ever done. Wow. Good for you, Tom. Uh, Michael Keaton, Harrison Ford, and Alec Baldwin were all considered for the role of Dr. McCabe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kurt Russell agreed to do the film without reading the script. He must trust Cameron Crowe, the writer right. and director. Kate, Kate yeah. Hudson turned down the role of Julie Gianni, and uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal was also auditioned. I don't think Maggie Gyllenhaal's uh, would have been a good fit. Does she have a cameo Agreed. in the movie? I thought I saw her in one of the Maggie, party scenes. Maggie Gyllenhaal? Yeah, I suppose it's possible. I didn't I didn't spot her, but it's possible. I didn't go back to look, but I was like that. It was really quick. And I'm like, what is she doing in a passing shot? It's weird that you yeah. mentioned her because I wouldn't have brought it up unless only I'm only doing it because you mentioned right. her. Uh, and then someone else who auditioned for the role that eventually went to Jason Lee was Jared Leto. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> I, I like the film as presented. Yeah. I, I, I mean it. So I many, so uh, many Jarrett Leto near misses. Right, you find out uh, about yeah. <laughs> we we were almost inflicted with more Jarrett Leto. Oh, don't say that. I love. Jared so you're Leto. a thumbs up on the film. I'm sorry, Steve? are you a thumbs up? You're a thumbs up on the film. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I I got much more awesome. out of it watching it now at my age than I did when it came out 20 years ago, by far. Well said. I I would say I saw it three times when it first came out within a week and I've probably seen it seven or eight times since so maybe mm-hmm. 10 total. I just rescreened it two weeks ago. And I, I, this, it was my favorite screening. I learned even more about it. I enjoyed it even more. I think it's a really significant film. I think it's a masterpiece. And I want to just revisit one thing you said, Latham is um, the first hour you found to be Rudgery. unengaging. <laughs> Rudgery. I think there's two, there's two scenes in this film that really blew me away. And the first one, came in very early was when Tom Cruise is all alone in Times Square, running through Times Square. Good it's a scene. brilliant concept and it, it worked Haunting, well. Hauntingly it's, it's, accurate these days. <laughs> well, no, that, that's absolutely more that's accurate true. eight months ago. So yeah. yeah. And, and no CG in that scene. shot. That's a legitimate, that is a legitimate exactly. shot that they pulled off on a Sunday morning. Well, right. Shot with, with everything real. cordoned off because it's Tom well, Cruise. Well, of course, but I'm still not saying. Not anyone's going to be able to get away with doing that. That's Tom Cruise. Of course. And then the scene in the club where Tom Cruise's character, David, has the mask on the back of his head and he's dancing yep. and he's drunk and he, he's he, Patron. I just <laughs> that whole scene. The scene with the bartender the is scene. great. That's a, that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah, that's that's Dan, it's, the whole Dan scene from, uh, from Deadwood. <laughs> yes, exactly. Deadwood. Right. Yes. Who is Tom if you Cruise's seen... cousin in the movie? Oh, Do you know Tom Cruise's cousin is? William Cruise Maypother? I didn't notice it. Where was it? <laughs> who, who? Stevie? William Cruise Maypother? Yeah. I didn't notice That's him. His, he's the guy talking to Penelope Cruise in the club briefly. Oh, okay. 
and I just when I just looked up Cruz and remembered what his actual real last name was, right. I thought right. that those two have to be related. Yeah, they and are. they look a little the same. So yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. and by the way, he was uh, lost. Right. Exactly. Uh, in case you didn't know, Tom, uh, I did not like this movie. <laughs> okay. uh, but I will give uh, I gave a full star for Alicia Witt, who I adore. And uh, what part did she she's play? The redhead receptionist. She's a receptionist. The the oh, right. OK. He's in a lot okay. of David Lynch stuff. But uh, okay. she, she was. Did, uh, she was. Oh, yeah. This would have been much worse, yeah. Tom. Much worse without Alicia Witt. Paul Sisters in Dune. Oh, Dune. Yeah. Yeah. She's. Yeah. Yeah, it's the little girl. She's, she's the adult <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, that's that's kind of why I don't find her that hot because I remember her as a little kid. <laughs> well, well I blocked it out knife. until you brought it up, Hassan. So thank you so much. I'm I'm here he's, for that. He's still it, blocking yeah. it. <laughs> this film with Tilda Swinton before anybody knew who yeah, Tilda Swinton is, and to me right now, she is she's one of the finest actors on the planet. Yeah, and if you've if you've not seen a film called Julia with Tilda Swinton. I'd recommend it highly. Julia. And she's great in this small role. Ju- Julia. Yes. I just saw her again in, um, in Doctor Strange, where she actually plays oh, yeah. a very, right. a very credible, whatever high, whatever very mystic, credible, high, high exalted, villain. high exalted she's mystic ruler, villain. whatever her, whatever she was supposed to be. Um, the ancient one, the Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah, she's yeah. the ancient one. But it was yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. but she was the Sorcerer Supreme. <laughs> she was, and then she won the Academy Award. Sorcerer yeah. Supreme. The what? Oh, the sorcerer. Sorcerer. Okay, never mind. Okay, all right, man. Never, never mind. She won the Academy Award in that movie with George Clooney, which is escaping me. But she was also a lot of fun in Snowpiercer. I just love her. I, I love her work. Michael, yes, Michael Day or something like that. I don't know. I forget what. Michael Clayton. So I appreciate you guys allowing me to bring up one of my favorite films and talk about it at length. It. <laughs> No, no, that's it's the whole, it's a wonderful that's the whole film, point, a masterpiece. That's the whole point. I'm glad I got to watch it again. Right I really am, Tom. That is Vanilla Sky. And then, Tom, so one last thing we're going to do, uh, we sure. do a thing we call the Martini, which is where we discuss where the feature pick uh, director uh, and where that film fits within that particular director's of library of films. So, okay. obviously, obviously with, with how much you like uh, Vanilla Sky. I'm going to guess you're going to say that that's Cameron Crowe's your favorite film of Cameron Crowe's. Indeed, well, okay. well, well guessed. But okay. well, these his whole filmography is very impressive. But I would say this is my favorite and his best film. Yes. Yeah, he's only directed eight movies. I've seen six of them. What are the movies? Say Anything, Singles, Jerry Maguire, Almost Famous, Vanilla Sky, Elizabeth Town, We Bought a Zoo, and Aloha. Hmm. Mm. His last three are forgettable. I liked We Bought a Zoo. I just I thought it was fun. I, I like the cast. So, uh, I but I not. I have not seen Elizabeth Town or Aloha. I didn't even know about Aloha. I'll be honest with you, I own Elizabeth Town and never watched it. <laughs> well, just on principle, and I actually just found it the other day. Like that's I, funny. It's, it's like it's a it's a regular it's, DVD that's never been opened. The, the yeah, plastic wrap. One of those I always want to get around to because I like uh, I like what's his face. Um, Orlando, and uh, and Kristen Dunst, I think she's in it. Yes, right. But um, I, I me personally, it's it's uh, almost famous is always going to take it for me. I I'm a that's a great tremendous movie. fan of Almost Famous. Sure, it's singles for me. Oh, right. I'm gonna rank um the five movies of his I've seen. Say anything is the best. 
Then we're going to go so Jerry so Maguire, then Singles, then Almost Famous, and Vanilla Sky would be the worst movie of his I've seen. Ugh. Killing me. I, I'm just, I'm just, I, I, I don't know if I made that clear during this podcast. So <laughs> oh, I just boy. wanted to make it clear at this segment Thanks called for the Martini. The Martini. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So just leaving, leaving Steve with no segue. Just absolutely no segue. Just a cul-de-sac. A cul-de-sac, a cul-de-sac for me to say, Tom, thank you so much for joining us. I really <laughs> appreciate you uh, coming on the show and spending some time with us. Oh man, it was so much fun. I want to thank you, Hassan and Steve and Lay and Sentimental. It was it was a blast. So I'd love to do it again. I hope sure. you pick uh, chocolate you ground for, for the next movie. Do you want to do you want to say something about your uh, your other show? Uh, I do a podcast with my partner Frank Mangarelli on the James Bond films. Uh, it's on podcastingthemsoftly.com. It's also on Facebook. Huh. And we've gone through chronologically all the James Bond films. We're up to Quantum of Sol- Solace. So. Uh, Wow. New James, the new Bond film will be out later this year. No time to die. Looking forward to that. And we'll see what happens. So thank you for allowing me to. Uh, thanks to Fesley and Music. Please check out our website at sentimentalpod.com for all the poster images we normally discuss on our Down the Tube segment. And don't forget to download and subscribe to Sentimental wherever you enjoy your podcasts. You can always listen to new episodes at sentimentalpod.com. Also, you can follow us on all major social media accounts at sentimentalpod. For Hassan Godwin, Latham Conger III, Tom Zielinski, and myself, we say thank you so much for listening. And as always, in the words of our friend and Dreamland developer, Truman Burbank. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.